for tonight, we're talking about the differences between a healthy and a toxic relationship. Okay? Wie van jullie was al in een verhouding waar halfpad in die verhouding en het jy geweet, this is bad news. Hierdie gaan nie goed eindig nie. Alright, cool. <laughs> so ons is nie, ons is, ek dink ons is relevant met die topic. So net gewaan op wie, wie was in die verhouding, toe kom jylle achter, hierdie gaan nie goed eindig nie, en toe duid jylle nog vir jylle tyd. Skande. Skande. Ek kan nie gloe, dat jylle die selle foute as ek maak nie. So I want to talk about how you can recognize or distinguish between good and bad relationships or, or rather healthy and toxic relationships. So here's the thing. If you are in a toxic relationship, that does not mean that the person you are dating is evil. Sometimes I think that that's the case. Here's the thing. Just because you're in a toxic relationship does not mean that the person you're dating is evil. More often than not, it simply means that that person is not emotionally or mentally mature enough to be dating at that moment. And I'm not saying this in a derogative way. I'm not trying to be mean. I probeer hier sê, die persoon wat jy date is nie evil, jy is net dom. Dis nie, dis graad nie wat ek probeer sê nie. Sekere mense is recht vir dating, en sekere mense is nog nie. Dit maak jou nie minder van een mens nie, maak jou nie meer van een mens nie, teken net, soms is mens recht vir iets, en soms is mens nog nie recht vir iets nie. And this is also what makes it hard to, to determine whether you are in a healthy relationship or an unhealthy relationship. Because we all assume that it'll look obvious. Ons, ons amal neem aan dat as ons in a, in a toxische, is dit, is dit over anglicisme, is dit right? In a toxische slechte verhouding is, dink, ons dink amal, dit gaan obvious wees, ons gaan duidelik, ons gaan een mile ver kan sien, hierdie is een slechte verhouding. Maar as het so eenvoudig soos dit was, hoekom is al so baie mense in crappy verhoudings? So it's not always that obvious, because we assume that if it's a bad relationship, the person you're dating is going to be a very bad person. They're going, going to be obviously bad. But I mean, there was a point in the relationship where you liked that person, where you were in love with that person. So they can't be all bad. And this is what makes it hard sometimes to let go and, and to to see, is this a good or a bad relationship? Is this a draining and a negative relationship that's going to end in a very bad place? Or is this actually something special that we have here, a, a good, healthy relationship? So it's hard to distinguish those two things but because it doesn't always look obvious. And that's why tonight I'm going to talk to you about certain things that you can look out for, certain, let's call them red flags or, or whatever you want to call them, certain personality types, if I can put it that way, that, that you should be wary of. Okay? Cool. My first one is called watchers. I call them watchers. Okay, so what is a watcher? This is how you know if you're dating a watcher. If you are in a relationship where your partner is constantly and consistently checking up on every single damn thing that you do, then chances are you are probably in a toxic relationship. You are probably dating a watcher. This is the type of person who they, they freak out if they don't always know exactly where you are and what you're doing and who you're speaking to and what's going on on your social media feed and, 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 and. So I call them watchers because that's what they do. They, they watch. 
I watch every single thing that you do. That's what they do. They're called watchers. Constantly watching your every move. And, and in my opinion, there's two reasons why people do this. There's probably more than two reasons, but I think these are two big reasons. Either they have something to hide from you, or they're just straight up insecure. As jy iets wegsteek van iemand af, maak het jou skuldig voel. En so nou begin jy achterdochtig raak van die persoon, wat actually niks gedoen het nie, maar hierdie ding vreet die altijd aan jou, wat jy probeer wegsteek van hulle af. And it builds up in you, and that feeds your insecurities. And so you start checking up on every single thing that your partner does. So if you're dating someone like that, I don't want to tell you what to do, but it's probably going to end bad. Second one, and I, I like this term, I call them love bombers. This is the type of person who bombards you with love. Now you might be thinking to yourself, well, what's wrong with that? So let, let me explain. This is the type of person who, who constantly bombards you. They, they, they literally, they bomb you with love. So they, they overwhelm you constantly with affection and, and with compliments and with gifts and with this and with that. And, and from afar, this doesn't look too bad. It looks like, but here's the thing. What is their motive? Why are they doing this? Some people constantly bombard you with love and they, they deliberately put you on a pedestal so that you would feel too bad to say no to them. So that you would feel too bad to do anything that might cause them pain. So you, you know the relationship is dead, but you don't want to break up because, oh, hello, so nice. <laughs> Shut up, man. This, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. So if, if you're in, in a relationship with a love bomber, that's how you recognize them. It's, it's this type of person who they make you feel, you, you, they look like they're doing nice things. And that's why you can't understand why am I constantly feeling guilty when I'm with that person? Hoekom voel ek jy altyd skuldig oor alles in my leven as ek saam met die persoon is? And it's, it's, I think it's a very, very clever way of manipulating you. Because it, like I said, from afar, it, it does look like affection. But in reality, all that it is, is manipulation. It's a selfish kind of affection. So watch out for love bombers. Love bombers. Klink het cool, werk, werk, is het cool as ek dit sê. Love bombers. Huh? Dankie Lisa. Uit al 300 die, is daar een wat dink ek is cool. Ek sal het onthou vir die rest van my leven. Anyway. Kom jylle, ons moet focus. Alright. Third type of personality, or, or third type of person, that you need to watch out for. I call them isolators. Now this, this is a big one. What isolators do, let me just check here. Okay, so here's the thing. If you regularly feel like you always have to ask for permission to do anything, so you will, you will, you will, I can net go gaan pipi, and then sal is over, waar te gaan jy nou, hoe lang gaan jy wegwees? Is it, so dis net nummer 1, dis dit, daar gaan niks, jy beloof, okay, as ek, as ek iets reik, as ek iets, okay, te ver gevat, never mind. This is how you know you're dating an isolator. You feel like you, you constantly need 
their affirmation, you constantly need to ask them for permission to do the stupidest little things. And so this is how isolators work. Here's what they do. If you want to know if you're dating an isolator, listen up. They cause trouble between you and your friends and you and your family. Why? Because at the end of the day, they convince you. You think this is all your idea. You think you're, you're being very clever. So I, I don't like hanging out with those friends anymore. I don't like hanging out with my family anymore because they don't approve of this relationship. So I'm not going to hang out with them in, anymore. And, and you think this was all your idea, but this is all part of the plan. This is, all, this is how the isolator operates. And so before you know it, he or she is the only one that you hang out with because now they have you all to themselves. And this, 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 this is fine, like in the first maybe two weeks of the relationship. Man, dan is jy nou gaatvol om, om die heel tyd net hierdie een persoon te sien. En jy wil daarom jou beste pel of jou beste vriendin net at least vir soos vijf minuten gaan sien. And here. So that's the problem with the isolators. That's what they do. I mean, they isolate you from the rest of the world. This is also why it is so, so important. And I, I, this is something a lot of teenagers struggle with. Not, no, no, that's, that's wrong. Not a lot of teenagers. A lot of people in general, doesn't matter what age, really struggle with this. Before you go into a relationship, you need to make sure that you are okay with being alone, that you are okay with being single. Why should you do that? Because if you do that, that's a, that's a way of proving to yourself that you can survive on your own. So that when one day you start dating or you get into a relationship, you can have certainty about the fact that you're not doing it because you're so super like dependent on that person. You're not doing it because you think, I can't Facebook Make sure that you know that you are okay with being alone. And that, I think that's, that's a big part of why my relationship with Tizer is so much fun and, and it's so fulfilling because I know, I knew before we started dating that she doesn't need me. I know now that she doesn't need me. I, I also know that she will do, she can do perfectly fine on her own. She doesn't need me, which means that she chose me. She didn't need to be with me. She wanted to be with me. And that's so much more fulfilling. She wanted to be with me so that she can give me love. And I want to be with her so that I can give her love back. And it's not this dependent thing where you're sucking out the very life out of each other. So make sure you can be alone, that you can be single before you start dating. Otherwise, you, you will fall into this isolator thing. And a lot of people fall into this trap, especially girls. Why? Because, oh, it's so cute. Like, he, isn't it? Isn't it? Slightly overprotective. This oh, look, I get it by om where my my is. Okay, fine. Let's give him that. That that's in like the first few weeks or few months of the relationship. But now the relationship goes on, 
and it, it develops into something more and the, the feelings and, and everything gets more serious. So now what, what started off as being slightly overprotective has turned into being very possessive. In other words, I own you. You are my property. So I will tell you who you are going to visit and who you're not going to visit. I will tell you who your friends are going to be. I will tell you when you can go and see your family. That's, that's what isolators do. And there, it's, it's extremely clever. It's a very clever uh, manipulative trick because you think that it was your idea. You think that, that you chose to not hang out with those people, but this is all part of the plan. So I'm telling you this tonight so you can recognize that and so you don't fall for that nonsense. There's a, a short passage that I want to read to you guys. That it's, I found it in an article that I read earlier this week. and it, it talks about unhealthy dependency. So it says, unhealthy dependency can happen because one person is afraid to be on their own or as a form of control because one person always expects the other to be with them. It goes on to say, people in healthy relationships, so you didn't realize that, that this is what it actually moot is. People in healthy relationships know that cultivating your own hobbies, friendships, and interests will actually make your bond stronger with your partner. Okay? Fourth, and uh, this is my second last point, this is probably my favorite one. I call them the bipolar bears. Maybe that's the defensive. Bad job, bad man. Anyway, bipolar bears. Okay? Het jy al gehoor van dit? Daar is een in Afrikaans. Hy is soos een beer met een seer voet. Het jy al gehoor, mense sê dit? Jy is soos een beer met een seer voet. Dit beteken, uh, uh, how can I put this? So, one moment, everything is perfect. Jy is super happy, jy is chill, jy weet, gaan met die walms en alles. En, en even skielik, het jy hierdie personality switch. So one moment, everything is perfect. You're, you're completely fine. And then the next moment, you turn into this thing. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to call it. That, that, if, if that's you, I'm sorry to say, that, then you fall into this category. You are officially a bipolar bear. Okay? So this is how you know if you're dating a bipolar bear. As long as you give them what they want, they are super chill, very easy to, to, to get along with, and they're affectionate, and they're loving, and they treat you well, as long as you give them what they want. So the moment you stop giving them whatever it is that they want, they have this personality shift. And all of a sudden, they become extremely, uh, they, they actually, they also call it the hot-cold technique. So all of a sudden, you become extremely cold towards that person, and, and um, you, you become distant. You stop, you stop spending time with them. You, you give them the cold shoulder. You, you frequently give them the silent treatment. And you keep on doing this until the other person finally gives in and once again gives you whatever you want. That's how a bipolar bear operates. Some people call this negative reinforcement. So basically, to be honest, what they are doing is they are treating you like a dog. They're training you like a dog. The dog knows if it does what the owner tells it to do, the dog gets a treat. The dog gets a cookie. So the dog is not doing the owner's bidding for any other reason but to get the cookie. 
And that's how they, they train your mind. It's, it's crazy. So you, you start thinking, here's, here's the thing. Here's the, the toxic, the real nasty part of, of the bipolar bear. Subconsciously, in other words, without you realizing it, they train your mind to think that whenever you don't give your partner what they want, you are a bad person. You are the problem in the relationship. And so whenever you give them what they want, you are a good person. But the point is, at the end of the day, they will get what they want. Unless you can recognize what they're doing and get out of there as fast as you can. Last one. I'm not going to say a lot about this. Um, so last one and then we're done. This is something that's really close to my heart. I have certain values that I try to live by. And oftentimes I fail, but sometimes I get it right. And one of those values that are quite high up on my list is being transparent. That means to be as honest and open as I can be. And sometimes it, it blows up in your face. I could buy a coffee shop. I could buy a coffee shop. And I can say, Chan, I'm going to wait there on. And I can wait there on the chat. And Kort voor langs dan, ja, weet het voor 25 minuten daar en hulle weet alles van my, ek het my hele leven nou net vir hulle vertel en dan stap hulle weg met ons order en vraag thuis, wie is dit? En dan sê ek, ek weet nie, is die waiter? Wat het jou laat dan by wil dit weet? Ek weet nie, ek het nie nou gedink, ek gee nie om of het wil weet nie, hy het nie blijst daar nie, was iemand, so somtijds werk en nie altijd so lekker uit nie, but I, I do think it's important to be transparent. I do think that Transparency is one of the big issues in church today because we have this mask, this facade. Ons is kerkmense, en dit is hoe kerkmense lyk. En die rest van die wereld kyk vir ons daarbuiten en lach vir ons en dink jylle is idiote. Hoekom dink jy, jylle is net bezig om jylle self te voel? Net jylle dink dat ons nie kan sien dat jylle is net op zondag kerkmense en vir die rest van die week is jylle ietsie op hemel anders transparency. I think it would do us all a whole lot better if we were more transparent in church with each other. To be real with each other. And it's going to freak out some people. Imagine, imagine if it was my turn to preach on a Sunday now in church. And I will sit now here with the uh, gezichte. And I come stand here for and I say for the worry boys and girls, I am uh, super jammer. Make it rarig een crappy naadwek achterherig, en ek is nie op een goeie plek nie, en ek voel dat, ek weet nie eers op die oomlik waar God is, of wat hy vir my probeer sê nie, ek weet nie eers rarig hoe my verhouding op hierdie starring met God is, so ek is baie jammer, maar ons gaan vannacht bykie prijs in worship, en dan gaan ons koffie drink in huis toe gaan, ek weet ek moes preek, maar ek kon net nie een boodskap voorbereid nie, want ek is nie op een goeie plek nie. That's being transparent, en ek weet as mens dit sê, gaan van die mense hier in die kerk sit, en dink, ok, maar ek geet nie dus, en Jy doen nie jou job nie. Ek weet, wat is die alternatief? Ek omstaan hier voor, en, en, en lieg, maak hier die boodskapie op, en dink ek super oulik, en ha ha ha, ons het een preekje gehad, nice, en ek was allemaal huis toe gaan, en nooit ons levens verander nie. We need to be transparent with one another. Okay, now to come back to this topic, why is transparency important when it comes to relationships? It says, in a healthy relationship, so I'm going to tell you what it looks like in a healthy relationship, then I'm going to tell you what it looks like in a toxic relationship. In a healthy relationship, both of you feel like you can discuss pretty much anything. Even if it's the fact that you ran into your ex or got hit on while out with your friends. 
In a toxic relationship, you find yourself hiding seemingly innocent things from them. Like that you were talking to a friend that they are not that huge fan of. Wie van julle was al was al in so'n vouwing, waar jy nou net met pel gaan praat, maar jy weet, wie ook al jy duid, soos hulle twee kom jy baie goed oor die weg nie, so nou kom jy by die huis, en daar is genuinely niks tussen jou en die pel nie. Soos julle is rarig net vriende, daar was nog nooit iets meer nie. Nou kom jy by die huis, en nou begin hulle vir jou te question, oor elke single oomlik wat jy nou saam met die persoon gehad het, en waar het julle gepraat, en hoekom wil jy my nie sê nie, en soos wat tyd aanstap, kom jy slarig maar seker achter, dat jy, jy begin al hoe meer goed vir hulle wegsteek, want jy is bang vir dat hulle uitvreek oor elke liewe klein dingetje. It's important that you are transparent in your relationships, and if you can't be, once again, let me just say this, if I'm, if I say, then you are probably in a toxic relationship, I don't mean that the relationship is doomed necessarily. What I mean when I say that is, you need to start making some changes. So if these things resonate with you, as, as, as enige van die goed wat ek vanavond gesê het, vir, vir wie ook al van julle wat, wat dalk in verhoudings nou is, of dalk op die punt is om in een verhouding in te gaan, as julle hierdie goeders begin een raak sien, maar as julle nou erg sterk voel oor hierdie persoon, wees tenminste net bewus van hierdie goed, dat julle nie blindelings in die verhouding ingaan nie. Don't, don't fall into that trap of, uh, ach, maar jy weet, hulle gee net so baie om, dus ek om, dus, dit is net klein bykie jealous, maar dit is actually oulik, en denk net bykie verder, dit is nou oulik, wat gebeur oor een paar maande, and then like I said, that doesn't mean the relationship is doomed necessarily, but then you need to at least acknowledge that fact, and do something about it, speak to whoever the person is, and says, this jealousy thing is not going to work, if this is going to be here all the time, then this, I don't want this relationship, and if they work on it, and it gets better, then, you know, good for both of you. But don't fall into that hole, love is blind. 